your day is winding down, they're just getting started. This is South Coast Tonight with Chris McCarthy and Marcus Farrow. They've got you covered on all the news of the day, from local issues to politics on both sides of the aisle. This is the place where the movers and shakers come to be heard, to listen, and where they're held accountable. This is South Coast Tonight on WBSM. Welcome back to the show. I'm Chris McCarthy. Of course, Marcus Farrow is here. Hey. And we have our guest, um, longtime friend of WBSM and the former mayor of New Bedford, Scott Lang. Scott, how are you, my friend? Very good, Chris. Thank you. So I want to thank you in person and public here. Folks, when I got sick from the very beginning, Scott was right there with me. And, and until it was unreasonable, until it was ridiculous because I couldn't read, he made sure I had the New York Times uh, in St. Luke's Hospital every morning. And... Um, it's amazing how important the newspaper was to me until I was couldn't read and didn't know what the hell was going on and all that. But but it was friends like Scott that uh, were right there for me and got me through it. And so I want to thank you, Scott, in person. No, no, that's uh, I did that because uh, everybody in this in this uh, area was uh, rooting and praying for you as hard as we could, and and that was the least of any you know anything that anyone did. But there's a couple of things I do want to say first. I'm very excited about the. Uh, Nighttime BSM. It's so important. We don't have a newspaper anymore. I don't know if you guys realize that, but there's yeah, no, we no do. newspaper yeah. in Sad. the city anymore. Um, so people are getting their news now through WBSM. I, 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 and I know this particular block of time, this evening BSM with the two of you, Marcus and Chris, is trying to balance out and getting getting the news out there to the yep. people, which is really important. That's how democracies die when, when the light goes out with the news. Now, I, I also want to say something, though, that um, is very important, and that's that I'm honored to be your first guest on the Marcus and Chris show. <laughs> I think that the idea that you guys, your first night, I assume, would ask me to come in and speak with a with a you know the radio listeners as well as the two of you was well beyond anything that I expected, and I appreciate it greatly. <laughs> The um, 100 hours of shows that we've done is just prep time. This is the, the really we really be, we begin right now. Excuse me. So, so now I do want to say something else so important, which is that I am actually uh, so excited about this that I have indicated that that I am going to be a sponsor in the fall uh, because I want to make sure that this takes hold and gets going. And I don't have a problem if you guys decide you want to spend some records from time to time. If you guys want to do cooking shows, whatever you want, but I want evening BSM. I live evening with people from our area on BSM at night. We so appreciate your, you, uh, your kind words and support. Yeah, so I want you to understand, folks, what he's saying, because I got the, not- I got the notified today, and I, I was happy to tell Marcus that, uh, yeah, Scott, I yeah, that Scott will be uh, sponsoring this program um, th- through, through, till Dece- through till December. And then, I, then I, at that point, we'll have to sell them again, I guess. But, but well, then uh, you're on your own. Right? Then we're on our own. <laughs> but, but again, um, we're trying to do something important here. And, um, Scott, you're always doing something um you've never gotten out of politics since you left the mayor's office you've you've weighing in on some of the democrat party choices for um for tuesday and um make the pitch for why people have to vote not even who you will talk about who you think they should vote for and why but also that they should vote regardless right so chris I, i've been here with you on just about every major holiday yep and most of them are extremely important patriotic historic holidays 
And every time we've said that uh, our men and women, our sons and daughters, have gone off to foreign lands or been deployed in our hemisphere uh, to protect people's right to vote, to protect people's rights, uh, to uh, make sure that uh, the sense of liberty uh, rings throughout, throughout the land and the world. The fundamental purpose or the fundamental reason that they went and fought and many died and many came back severely wounded or maimed is to protect our right in a democracy to have a say, to exercise our right to vote. And if we don't do that, we're kind of we're not keeping up our end of the bargain. Right. What was the sense of it? God knows what was the sense of it. If you can't spend a few minutes, get down, bring your kids because that's an unbelievable example. Right. And go vote. And I don't care how you vote, who you vote for, what party you're in. Exercise your right to vote. In addition, if we vote down here, meaning meaning our greater New Bedford area, right, capital of the state, New Bedford, and a greater New Bedford area, it what it means is that people will come down looking for their vote. Yeah, absolutely. And what happens is they will find out what the issues are that are important to us, and they will go back to Beacon Hill and work with our legislators our delegation to bring about but basically bring back our tax dollars to help our communities and that that's what this is this is pretty simple this is a participatory democracy but it's a participatory democracy it's an it's an opt in or opt out you got to you got to vote okay you got to vote i don't care if you go in blank right right do what you whatever you believe in but you've got to vote you got to participate and that and so that's why i i push it from day one, I was involved in get out the vote campaigns going back, you know, for uh, since since the period of time that I first got involved in politics, which is back in the late 60s, early 70s. So I've always I've always talked with Scott. We, we've spent hours on the phone sometimes. And um, I know his history better than he realizes sometimes. And I remember now. Right? right. Right. Yeah, you do. So so, you know, you helped open the Democrat Party up to African-American voters. Um Really, when you were in the, worked in the DNC, I, you know, if you go online and look, you were down in Oklahoma trying to get rid of the old yeah, all over the system, country, all yeah. over the country, right? Yeah. So under quite, under the auspices of Bob Strauss and the auspices of the '64 Civil Rights Act, and melding that in to a modern Democratic Party, I started working at the DNC. Well, I started working on this in '72, right? But working for the DNC in '73. And for the entire decade, what we did was make sure our state party charters uh, recognized the, the right for everyone to vote and attempted as, as best as possibly could to promote diversity within the Democratic Party. And quite frankly, that's why when I hear people talk about that they got this obstacle to voting or that, I think I think you got no idea what you're yeah, talking about, right. right? It's very easy to vote. We've got a lot of great options. And by the way, as I said last time, your vote is secure. I'm not going to talk about other states, but Massachusetts, paper ballots, local election workers, go vote. I mean, the, one of the biggest things Donald Trump did that I'm angry with is telling people their votes didn't count because it's not true. Go vote. So you have... Um endorsed two specific candidates uh for office and you've been running ads here on wbsm uh we'll start with uh mayor uh we'll start with mayor kim driscoll for lieutenant governor why did you decide to endorse her so marcus thanks for asking me that i so i've known kim driscoll since uh before she ran for mayor and i actually met her through marty exafaris and she was an activist within the democratic party uh meaning marty hopefully everyone realizes she close friend of mine, right. a law partner Real of mine, loss. and also 
was a tremendous Democratic Party, grassroots type of uh, activist organizer, um, a great mom, you know, just a really terrific person. A real loss. Uh, terrible. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it really, every day I meet somebody, including again today, who says to me, gee, I miss Marty. So, uh, and it's be three years this, this October. Um, and I know Marcus the Law School is doing another another thing in Marty's name, which will be great at the end of the month, and that, that'll provide more scholarships for kids who get involved in a law school that's dedicated to, to lawyers coming out, focusing on public involvement, public yes. service, a great law school. And, uh, and, and Marty was at the forefront of that. Um, the, uh, so, Kim Driscoll, right? Thank yeah. Uh, right. Thank you. Kim <laughs> Driscoll, right? Kim Driscoll. Uh, thanks for allowing me to be the first guest on the show again. I just, just wanted to say that. Thank, thank you, fellas. So, so the the key here is uh, I've known Kim a long time. She's a great uh, she's a great mayor. She works very very hard. She also works very very hard on gateway issues. Gateway city issues are issues that New Bedford has literally has, but also pioneered. When when I used to get up and say we have every problem that every big city in the country has, except we have it on a little bit of a smaller scale. Right. Uh, that what I was defining basically were gateway cities throughout Massachusetts, which originally I think we started at eleven, and now there are uh, close to twenty of them that have been identified. Yeah. Kim is one of the original ones, Salem. She's done a fantastic job not only with uh, education and economic opportunities. She's done everything she can to improve uh, housing opportunities in Salem. She's, she's been excellent on public safety, uh, very fiscally responsible, and uh, a, a real uh, ally of New Bedford for the entire time I was mayor. And uh, when someone like that catches your attention as a public servant, when you find out – so I've always supported her as mayor – but when you find out that she's going to be the point person in it, if, assuming that uh, Maura Healy gets elected governor, and right now it looks – very very likely um yeah i the, mean yeah the fact the fact that the I, wait i'm gonna make a prediction i'm gonna predict no this i'm gonna go out on a limb as our here. first guest yes yeah, i'm gonna go out on a limb here and say that i believe there's gonna be a governor healy inaugurated in january um but it's gonna again everybody stays home that may not happen so you got to go vote i think she'll be Imagine a great that we governor. wake up in november to governor deal Oh. Yeah, yeah that, that'll, <laughs> where's Rhode Island? That'll, be, a, right? yeah. that'll be one of those wake up calls, right? Um, I think though that uh, uh, the, the lieutenant governor is the point person for the cities and towns mm-hmm. in any administration. You can say, well, you, but you have cabinet secretaries. I know they're very important, but your lieutenant governor, day in day out, is the one you call and say, absolutely. I need Chapter ninety money. I want to talk about a modification of Chapter ninety one. I need Chapter 70 money for schools, 90 for roads, 91. I want to talk about, you know, the uh, designated harbor area, whatever it might be. Key issues that state government be involved, DEP, whatever it might be. You need to pick up the phone. DEP is environment. You need to pick right. up the phone and call uh, the state house. And you get the uh, operator and you say, I'd like to talk to the governor. And they say, who is this? And you say, <laughs> you say this is Scott Lang. And they say, we, you know, we don't have you on the list. But if you say... The mayor of New Bedford is calling, right. okay, which will get you a phone call back from the White House if you say the mayor of New Bedford is calling because New Bedford is an extremely important city in this country. Right. But if you are able to make that phone call as the mayor, the lieutenant governor is going to call you back. And the yeah. lieutenant governor is going to say, the governor is involved in 50 different things today. 
I'm involved in 100, but your one issue right now is my most important issue, and I will deliver for the city, for the people of uh, New Bedford. And what happens is you need a lieutenant governor can navigate their way through the bureaucracy. Kim Driscoll will do that. She'll be fantastic. She also has been down in the city as many times as, uh, as as you can imagine, seeing the city firsthand. She came in here with us, and she was excellent. Terrific. Yeah. A lot of commonality. Really, a lot of depth. A lot of, a lot yeah. of commonality. Very, very bright. Ter- terrific leader. So I endorse Kim Driscoll. I think that the people of the city should give that, her uh, their consideration. I think, you know, obviously you have other people that you think you should vote for, Lieutenant Governor. God bless. I'm, I'm, I'm just excited that you're going to vote. But if you are thinking about the candidacy uh, of, of, of the individuals running for lieutenant governor, I would hope that you would take a second look at Kim Driscoll and give her your consideration because I think she'll be a great lieutenant governor. Um, we're speaking with Scott Lang. As you all know him as the former mayor of New Bedford. Um, so the other endorsement was yes. uh, for Attorney General Sheena Lissward. And, and that uh, she's also been in here before, and she was excellent. That race has really heated up in the last uh, couple of uh, days, really. And uh, who, why did you decide to endorse Shannon Lissward? So, so I decided that several weeks ago. And it, it's funny, but uh, on occasion, I'll be, I'll be a guest host on uh, – South Coast, Massachusetts, today, and I know I South have Coast tonight. Yeah, right, right. Yeah, and, you, and, you bought the show. I mean, come on. Yeah, so, Didn't they sell you the name? Yeah. So, so unless you'd like to change it. No, no, no. I'm, no you know, you know, this this is one of these deals now where my original bit has come back to bite me because there is a show that I was about to talk about, and I'll look it up when you do a commercial that indicates uh, that that uh, is a cable TV show that emanates out of. Taunton, it's a great show. And I had the the uh, opportunity this spring. I know what show you're talking about. I know the show. All right, so, yes. uh, so I'm going to look it up. And I'm yeah, gonna, yeah, and, yeah. And it's, and it's a disgrace that I can't say it off the top yeah, of my head. Same. Yeah, same. But, but it's South Coast uh, uh, you know, news or something. But yeah. it's a great show. So I'm going to tell you that in a couple of minutes when we get to a commercial. <laughs> uh, but what I'm, what I'm really crowing about right now is uh, I'm overwhelmed with the idea that I'm the first guest you've had on this show. <laughs> but getting back, so that, so now I can finish that bit once and for all now, right. okay? So here's, here's what it comes down to. Um, I had the opportunity to interview all three candidates when no one knew who was running for AG. They just, they just had declared. Mm-hmm. And, uh, uh, and after these interviews, each one took an hour. After these interviews, I'd realized that the most qualified person very unlike other AGs we've had over the past, uh, literally going back to Bilotti, uh, the most accomplished attorney that I've seen run for attorney general, yeah. general was Shannon Liss Reardon. And I then started saying, well, you know, but she's never run for anything before. She had a, she had ill-fated, uh, uh, you know, cold feet, warm feet, then cold feet on the, on the marquee race. Right. But the fact of the matter is that she's never really run. And I wasn't sure how she would she would be able to play. You know, it's very difficult running for office if you're running mm-hmm. for, uh, you know, the idea that someone says, I'm going to run for a select person position or a city council position. Uh, it takes so much guts, perseverance, commitment to do that, let alone run statewide right. and catch, right? So I waited to see exactly how she ignited, and she did a very good job. 
and then called her and said, hey, look, I'm, you know, here's some ideas that I think you might want to think about. One is start thinking about southeastern Massachusetts mm-hmm. because we have a tremendous, tremendous active uh, uh, voter group down here. And everyone uh, knows what the attorney general does. And, and we have actually a office of the attorney general in New Bedford. Right. There's also a satellite office in Fall River. Right. Come down and talk about the AG's office to the voters in this area. I think you'll be very pleasantly surprised. We're looking for an attorney general. Right. This is not a political general. This is an attorney general. And you've had the kind of success uh, in the courtroom and and uh, with a bully pulpit regarding using the law uh, in a way to benefit people that this would be a very, very welcome change than to sit there and pontificate about a policy but not be really sure of how you get it done. Okay. You understand how to get it done. I would love the idea that you start focusing on issues in in our area as well. And she has, and she, she's done very well out west, very well down here. I think she'll do well in Boston. It's a neck-and-neck race. Uh, uh, Andrea Campbell is a, certainly very accomplished. She was yeah. a city councilor. She ran for a mayor of Boston. Right. She's well-known. She's well-known inside the 128 belt. Right. But Shannon Liss Reardon gives us an opportunity to have someone who is a high-powered attorney that we would all hire to represent ourselves. I think that's a, a very good point. Now right, be right? the people's attorney general. Right. It would yeah. be great, you know. And no issue too small, none, none too big. She can handle it. 508-996-0500. Let's go to the phones. Good evening. You're live with Mayor Lang. Yeah, and I want to say to both of you, you have such a uh, good guest there, the Honorable... Uh, Scott Wayne. Thanks, Big Al. The former mayor of the city of New Bedford. Uh, Our first yeah. guest. Yes, <laughs> and I'm going to tell you, you couldn't ask for a better one. <laughs> is it Big Al? Is this Big Al? Yes. Big Al, so yes, nice yes. to hear your voice. I hope you're well. I hope you've been uh, uh, out and about, and um, it's good to hear you, and, and thanks very much for calling in. It's the first phone yeah. call you guys have had, right? It's <laughs> fantastic. Our yeah. first guest, our first yeah. guest, first call, Big Al. Well, I'm going to tell you, Chris, you and Marcus are doing an outstanding job. Thank you, sir. But Thank that you. Man right there, I'm going to use a little bit of uh, language from his book. Uh-huh. It'll, be fair to, it'll be fair to say, and let the record reflect without prejudice, Scott Wesley Lang can actually run that board and do an outstanding job. That's true. An, ex- an exceptionally good job. I know. I listened to that man. Thank you. That feels like a threat, Big Al. I, I, I have to say <laughs> yeah. something, though. I, I, I want to correct you. A few commentary. Yeah, anytime I've ever been on the radio station, I love being here, and it's, it's fun always. Um, I've always had someone here to run the board, even though I tell everyone I am running the board <laughs> right. and say things like no one's ever run this board as well as I have. <laughs> right. The fact is, I, I've always had an engineer here, and I think I have to disclose that tonight. <laughs> uh, Thank it. you, Big Al. Um, so, so, Scott, um, Shannon, uh, very impressive, very impressive. Um, I want to know, actually, what you think of um, Attorney General Healy uh, campaigning on this Basically, on this, like a, the same ticket as this, um, Andrea Campbell. So, so I, I have, have a, you ever seen that in your in your time in politics? Not. Let me let me say this. If, if I have, that used to be called old slates in Philadelphia and right. places that you know machine type 
politics, which I'm completely against. Now, I want to say something. This is really important. I'm asking people to give consideration of people that I know and think would do a good job. Right. I'm not telling you how to vote. You vote the way you think is in your best interest, your family's interest, yeah. the city's interest. Right. I know these people. I think they'll do a great job. Yeah, All absolutely. Right? But, yeah. but I, do, I do have a problem with the idea of a slate. Now, I will tell you a f- funny story. I mean, when I say a slate, I'm talking about Mayor Frank Russo <laughs> in, uh, in Philly. I'm talking about uh, Sam Yorty out in, out in L.A. You know, as a kid, uh, the these different crackers. people would run. Yeah, they would run slates on a regular basis. Um, I, you, you don't know this, I, I, I don't uh, think, Chris, but I got to know Mayor Wagner very well. In New York? Uh, yeah, I ran I, I, I ran the Compliance Review Commission. Wagner was the chair. I got to know him very well. He didn't like slates, okay? He he told me that, you know, because machine politics, machine politics. But he said— You deal with Carmine DiCepio and guys like right, that, right? right. <laughs> yeah, right. So he didn't <laughs> want to do any slates. Right. So, but, you know, the Tammany Hall type of atmosphere is not a good one. Right. And I think that, uh, you know, I, I think the idea that anyone thinks that they're going to tell someone when you get in the voting booth— uh, here's the way you're going to vote. Unless they go in with them, it's not it's not uh, the way you do it, you know. And the person who goes in, completely independent. You vote the way you believe you should vote. Anyone tells you how to vote, you go in and you vote the way you think you should vote. So, Scott, we have a couple local elections, again, in the Democrat primary uh, going on. Um, Billy Strauss, Bill Strauss here and uh, Matt Apoise in Fairhaven uh, with a little piece in New Bedford. He's got an opponent. Um Kind of interesting because his opponent's new and running as a conservative Democrat. We've never heard that messaging before. No. Uh, or in a long time around here, you know. And um, Bill Strauss, of course, a veteran. He's a, um, of, of the legislature and uh, has done a lot of work as tr- with transportation. Um, any thoughts on that race in particular? Yeah, well, I want to talk about that one. First of all, I think the, the gentleman running against uh, Bill is, uh, and I want to say Bill is a former uh, law partner of mine. Right. And I, and right. I met Billy back in 1975 in Washington when he was a kid. I'd like I mean, to see a picture of both of you guys back then. Yeah. Big uh, collars. Right? Oh, yeah. No, I, I, I had like this uh, wild-looking mullet back then, you know, <laughs> but it was it was appropriate for the times. Right. Uh, the fact is, though, that uh, – so I've known Billy and Carrie, his wife, and his kids, uh, you know, throughout their uh, – I, uh, I played basketball with Andrew, actually. Yeah, Andrew's yeah. a great kid, yeah. fun, fun kid. Catherine's a wonderful girl. Here, here's what I want to tell you, though. Uh, there's no one who works harder than Billy for our area. And Billy is the head of the Transportation Committee. Uh, Billy is one of the reasons that we get money down here, along with our delegation, which works very hard, all of them together as a team. But uh, our road money, our airport money, our harbor money. Billy's been very, very big on harbor, not only fishing, but also on uh, import-export cargo, state pier. Uh, does a great job with that. Uh, also, the it shouldn't be forgotten, the Fairhaven part of the harbor oh, not at is, all. is key and Fairhaven has a steamship authority right. working here. Right. I mean, Billy is indispensable. Billy Strauss is indispensable. Uh, no one is indispensable, right? But I'm saying in those projects, right? right. right. Uh, Billy was the first one to tell you he's he's not indispensable, right? I shouldn't have said that. God forbid. <laughs> Let's all say a quick prayer for Billy, okay? And hope that he's well. <laughs> Billy's going to be fine. Right. All right. But the fact is <laughs> I don't want to jinx anybody here, but the fact is that don't uh, say I'm indispensable. I already said that once. Uh, I wanna... <laughs> and look what happened, right? Yeah, really, I said that back in, you know, the, when I heard you on the radio saying I'm going to wait my turn for the shot, I said, that guy's indispensable. <laughs> so I'm glad I'm not saying that again, right? 
But what it comes down to is uh, Bill Strauss has done a fantastic job for this area, and he uh, uh, he deserves uh, he deserves to continue to uh, uh, represent our area based on his work ethic. Now he has a piece of New Bedford, but the, the, I'll tell you a quick story on that. Uh, when they first did the uh, census redistricting back in 2010, uh, they had asked, uh, "How did you know? How did the mayors feel about uh, the redistricting?" And I simply said, "This look." Give me as many state reps right. as we possibly can have, because because I'm figuring Fall River hopefully will do the same thing, mm-hmm. and we're going to have a a uh, caucus up there right. representing two important gateway cities. The two two of the more important, I think New Bedford is the most important, but two of the more important gateway cities. The first gateway city pack was me uh, signing a pack with Mayor Roberto from Pittsfield, no and that kidding. was that yeah. was the beginning of the gateway city movement. So. And, and Tony Cabral was extremely instrumental in that. But the fact of the matter, and Ed Lambert also was, was uh, the uh, key Mayor of Fall River. That, Mayor yeah. of Fall River. So what it comes down to is that we wanted as many state reps as possible. So we have a sliver in New Bedford, as you said, Chris, that Bill Strauss represents. He represents the city and this entire area. It does a great job. Now, uh, you talked about a conservative Democrat. Right. There are conservative Democrats. I've worked with a lot of them. But I have not worked often with a conservative Democrat who used to be a Republican. That's called what, – what that is called, the fellow running against Billy is a Republican. So what is he? Is a moderate Republican then? Run as a moderate Republican. God, you know, run as a moderate Republican. But a moderate Republican doesn't turn into a conservative Democrat from the standpoint of ideology as far as I know. Now, welcome to the, welcome to the party. But the idea that you come to the party and then say, well, I'm also going to run in the Democratic primary is something that you look at and say, uh, you know, got to build up. You got to build up your your credentials and your ideology before you just simply decide I'm, I'm now a Democrat. We're going to actually take a quick break and then we'll be right back. This is South Coast Night with Chris and Marcus and we're here with uh, former Mayor Scott Lang. Anyway, I'm Chris McCarthy. Of course, Marcus Ferro's here as well. You could call us at 508-996-0500. We have Mayor Scott Lang, former mayor of New Bedford, here in studio with us as well. Good evening. You're live. Thanks for holding. Hi, my name is Christina Bosworth. Hi. Hello. Hi, Christina. Hi. I totally support you for mayor, and I totally support Patricia Healy and her and Evers. Oh, Patricia Healy. Oh, all right. Awesome. Thank you for the call. Thanks for the call. And um, so, so thank you very much for that call. Um, while we're waiting for the next call, though, yeah. uh, to finish up on Bill. Uh, when sure. I was mayor, I worked with Bill closely. Bill Strauss. He does a great job. Yeah, yeah, Bill Strauss. I also, though, just I know there's another primary with uh, Chris Markey. Right. I worked with Chris Markey. He does a great job. And, and covers. And this is an example. So I had five different reps right. that we could count on, plus the Senator Montigny. And then we would team with the uh, Fall River reps and Senator uh, Menard and then Senator Rodericks. An unbelievable team. And you can see what's happened in Boston. We get more and more recognition for issues that we need to press on behalf of the people of this area. We, the funny thing is state government doesn't print money. Right. Washington doesn't print money. We send the money right. to Washington and 
Boston, I right. want it back. Right. I want right. our money back, right. Right? right? Those guys do a great job bringing the money back. That's what they do. So you'd say if you were voting in, in, in Dartmouth, you'd be voting, uh, or part of New Bedford, you'd be voting for Chris Markey. Oh, there's no doubt. Of course. Yeah. Right. There's right. no doubt. I would. Now, that doesn't mean that people shouldn't make up their own mind. Of course. I'm, but I'm doing it on track record. I'm not doing it on, yeah. on, I know Chris, I know Bill. I'm doing it on track record. They do a great job. But they're, they're just they're people you've worked with, um, uh, you know, in, in both the public service and, and I think private capacity. And you think that they're uh, well positioned to continue leading their districts or, or helping their districts um, grow and prosper. I, I think that's a great way to put it, Marcus. Yes. Right. So one of the other issues that you worked on exhaustedly um, for for a long, long time, it's finally happening. But we have to have a vote in November for the MBTA district to join the MBTA district. Mayor make your pitch. What do you think people ought to do? Well, I, I think if, if you, first of all, the, the, we're the only, we're the biggest city in the state that doesn't have the train. Right. I think the train will change uh, things for the better here in many, many ways. It connects us north. Uh, it connects people south into New Bedford. I think it, it changes the whole idea regarding uh, transportation in our area. Plus, it completely bolsters our freight capacity. It's very, extremely important. Uh, I also think that as the uh, technology changes, the uh, time frame will change as far as coming and going to Boston. I also think that uh, it's a much cleaner way to go than have all the cars on the road. You can tell me during the pandemic, you get in out of Boston at certain times within an hour. Right. You could. Now it's back to two and a half hours. It's insanity. And uh, it, having mass transportation will only lead to great things for our area. Uh, this this district is something that you have to do if you're served by the MBTA. And it's it's no different than, uh, uh, you know, highway funds, whatever. It's basically a pass-through. There's not going to be anything where you look at and say this is a, is a budget uh, changer or increases the taxes or anything else. But you have to give them the jurisdiction, and that's what this is. And so, Scott, just, just um, to, uh, to build on that point a little bit, you were a leader of the city for a long time. At no point did anyone think this, this was going to be free, right? You know, it's going to be a small bill that we're going to have to pay. That's, so it's not a surprise at all, right? Right, but, it, but it's all, that's right. exactly right, Chris. Right. And from the day you say you want to train, you understand that whatever your uh, responsibilities are in, in procuring that type of a project, you do. Right. But it's not like sending our money up to build a big dig or anything like that. Right. Right. And it's not uh, increasing property taxes to have an MBTA district. The fact is that it, eventually it'll be a pass-through. I mean, any time the state would say to me, we'd like you to do this, I would say, send the money down and we'll do it. Right. Right? I mean, right. because the, the fact is, people, I don't believe, you know, that you raise taxes two and a half each time, and I don't believe that you, uh, then you go ahead and you raise uh, evaluations or something to counterbalance uh, your tax rate. Uh, you provide services. You do them as economically as possible. One of the services that the state is going to provide to us is an MBTA district, and we are going to take advantage of it fully, every if, you know, in every possible way regarding transportation. So I think it's a great thing. I, I don't know of any place that's ever. I, I think this is a pro forma vote, but people have to vote. But I've never heard of any city or town in this state saying we don't want an MBTA district. No, I, I think one of the parts of it was that it's come up last minute, really. Um, that that um, 
It needs a little bit of an education campaign. I think there's a a potential for some sticker shock. There shouldn't be. Um, It really would be a remainder in the budget. Well, considering fundamental city costs uh, present sticker shock to even our elected officials in in scenarios in which it really should not, then I think this this might present some sticker shock to voters who aren't uh, as educated on the topic. So what's really important, I think, is get a number. Well, yeah. The, yeah. So let's get a number so that people understand exactly what it is. But I, I, I think it's a de minimis number. And you, you, you see no situation where there'll be a tax increase or a loss of service anywhere else. None of that. No, that that you don't. This is not. A, this is not a subtraction by addition. Right. This is is adding a modern transportation network into this area that was taken away from us. Uh, what in the how long is the fifties now? S- almost seventy years, right? right? My parents met yeah. on the train. It's their fault. Five zero eight nine nine six zero five hundred. Let's go back to the phones. Good evening. Good evening, gentlemen. Hello, Chris and Marcus. I just want to tell you, I think you guys are doing a fantastic job. Thank you. Thanks. I've been listening to talk radio for years. I think this is so important uh, in the area, New Bedford, the South Coast, that you just get every. Get everybody's viewpoint out there. I think it's really important. And I, I like that you've been doing a lot of interviews lately. You're going into the elections. And, uh, Scott, my, you might be, I'm 69 years old. You might be the last Democrat I ever voted for. So I just thought I'd get that in there. <laughs> I, I appreciate that very much. I hope you'll consider me again one day. But thank you very much. I oh. appreciate it. Are you going to break some news? Just made some news. I said, consider me again oh, one day. What right. is news about that, right? Uh, but thank, uh, I appreciate that very much, sir. And and Scott, I just got to ask you this question. As an attorney, and I, I know you're very uh, you're on top of uh, local issues, but I, I can't help but think you're also involved with national issues. Well, I, I think we have got a major, major issue going on at the southern border, and I, I just don't think the Democrats are taking that problem seriously. Um, I, I'm more, I'm more concerned over uh, the fentanyl that's pouring across our borders than I am with the immigration issue itself. I, I just think there's poison pouring across that border on a daily basis, and I believe the Democrats are looking the other way. I'm curious about your take on that. So, I, I think to hear my fresh take Thanks on it, you literally have to go back to. 2006, 2007, when I would be on the show and people would say to me, what about the border issue? And I'd say, you've got to patrol and defend your borders. You've got to have a system where people come in, the numbers system I worked on, uh, you know, doing immigration back in the 80s and the 90s. And you've got to make sure you know who's coming in your country, who's going out, and what's coming in your country all the time. I think that was a Democratic Party issue, quite frankly. I always felt that the Republicans were more in tune with an open border because of the labor that would come into the far west exactly so, right so i mean it was it's a killer to me that we still haven't solved the the uh immigration issue i also wanted to or open open border issue on the on the southern border i also want to tell you though that when we had the raid in new bedford uh we were a, there was a bill in the senate with a gang of seven eight whatever the heck it was at the time that was pushing hard to get the finally get an immigration bill in that provided for uh, securing the border, uh, the southern border. 
and that that for whatever reason, you know, national politics. I think, is I think people blame Stephen up, Miller right? because he was working with for Jeff Sessions at the time. I think he might have organized something in the Senate so to firebomb that bill. Could could very well be because that bill was on its way to passing, and all of a sudden it didn't. Yeah. That bill, if that bill had passed, a bipartisan bill, by the way, uh, we would have been further along with border issues than we are today. Uh, so I agree with you. Look, we have so many problems that have to be solved. They can't be solved. It's easy to cite the problem. It's hard to come up with a solution unless you get bipartisan uh, buy-in to solve the solution. And it it doesn't have to be uh, revolutionary, uh, you know, solutions overnight. You can do them incrementally, but you got to move forward and solve problems. If you don't solve problems, if government doesn't deliver, everybody figures, well, what the hell, extra sense of... We, we've got to take a break, and we'll be right back with Mayor Lang. 1420 WBS. So, um, just uh, we we've got a message in the app chat. I got a text message as well. Um, so, Rick Trapillo was a uh, Republican, uh, but he switched uh, he switched parties in two thousand. So, um, just to uh, I, I guess some people he's been know, a Democrat me- for twenty years, twenty two, twenty two years. So, so that's I'm, so I, I welcome him to the party. <laughs> So, so um, we're, speaking, speaking, we're speaking with Steve Martin, no, um, a comedian. Um, speaking of that, we have Mayor Scott Lang here with us. Speaking of that, um, should the Democratic Party welcome Joe Biden to run for another uh, term? So, uh, this is my opinion. No, no one else's, obviously, and, and I don't know that uh, it might uh, be mine. Gig, I don't, well, Marcus, <laughs> we'll find out. I know Gig probably doesn't agree with me on this, but if if I were uh, well, first of all, if I were Joe Biden, I would say, look, I, I think I've done my fair share here in my career. And I would uh, indicate after the midterm uh, that I'm not going to seek the nomination again and, and let there be. And by the way, uh, I, I don't think that automatically means that uh, Camilla Harris would be the preemptive mom- nominee. I God, think, no. I think what we need a full, wide open nominating process okay. as we were going to have right. in uh, 2020, but for the fact that. Uh, it was decided at some point in February that we already had a nominee, right? Uh, and it and it's worked out. Things uh, you know, things obviously are uh, are moving ahead here. But I, I think we need to have a full blown nominating uh, process. Who would you look at nationally? Uh, I would. Well, so this first of all, anyone who believes that they have the qualifications and and thinks that they. Uh, you know, could garner support should should throw out that filing that uh, that trial balloon. But um, I think that uh, I like Sherrod Brown. I like uh, okay. Tim Ryan. From, uh, Sherrod Brown, senator yeah. from Ohio. Yeah. Tim Ryan. Yeah. Tim Ryan, I'd, senator running senator runner up for Ohio, soon to be. Yes, I'd, I'd like yeah. to I'd like to see uh, uh, Gavin Newsom in the race Governor because California. I think that's yeah. important. I think that. Uh, there are a number of different uh, women. Uh, Klobuchar, I would like to see in the race. I thought uh, Val Demings was very, very interesting. Um, I think there are plenty of candidates. So, so Val, Val Demings is likely going to lose a Senate race uh, in Florida to Marco Rubio. Um, Klobuchar was looked like actually a really strong candidate in 2020, but um, George Floyd would disagree with you. I think George. I think she might have this. Uh, yeah, I think she might have the uh, the George Floyd thing to to worry about, uh, particularly. In the primary, Gavin Newsom, I think, is a strong candidate, you know, being the governor of the largest state, which right. is one of the largest economies. He can tap into the donor base of Silicon Valley uh, for sure. Um, who else did you mention? So I, I like uh, 
Sherrod Brown, I think. Oh, Sherrod Brown, senator from Ohio, yeah. Interesting guy who, mm-hmm. who uh, keeps his feet on the ground. Yeah. I always like Warner. I thought Warner was an interesting uh, oh, possible yeah. candidate Virginia, yeah. from Virginia. Uh, I'd like know. to see a centrist. Uh, I want to see a liberal Democrat, but a centrist. Okay. I don't, I don't want to, uh, you know, someone I, – I, I think Sanders has reached the point where it's uh, – uh, it's time for him again to think. Well, I I have a very important uh, position nationally, right. but I don't know that uh, it makes sense to run for president again. Um, I don't know that it makes sense for Warren to run for president again. Mm-hmm. But right. I, and, and then I think there's some uh, congressmen, certainly or congresswomen, who have m- made a very good showing in the last couple of years. Throw their hat in the ring. But there's more. Look. Let's move out of the 1980, 1990 right. uh, genre in the Democratic Party. Let's let's move forward, and I think that's important. The um, one of the issues that'll be we think is going to be on the ballot, Scott, um, and you have a nuanced position on it. But the illegal alien drivers license, undocumented alien drivers licenses. What's your opinion on that? So I, I always felt, uh, and again, Chris, I think I've expressed this uh, both at City Hall and, and on this radio show. That if someone's driving a car, I do want them to have a license. Right. And the reality is they're, they're driving cars, whether they're here legally or not. Uh, we used to see so many cars in New Bedford that had Rhode Island plates because they were able to, through the RMV in Rhode Island, to After the raid, license. I think the chief of police, told, Ron Teachman, told me he, he had about 400 cells abandoned all over the south end. Yeah, well, right? yeah so, so the, the point is that I would like people to go to the rmv i, I want to know who's on our state i'd like them to get a, a when you say a driver's license a driver's license but a driver's license doesn't connote citizenship it doesn't entitle you to vote it doesn't it, what it will do is have you pay excise tax it'll put you in the system you'll become more involved in our communities uh the idea though that you have you arrest someone and say well they didn't have a a license you're starting to say to yourself well then how did they get on the road to begin with? What, right. are we, what are we doing here? You know, someone's looking the other way, right? Right. So I'd much rather see a, a driver's license system. Uh, so I, I I believe that uh, it makes sense to do it. If if you're, you're here, most of the people have families. They're involved in our community. They're, they're our neighbors. The idea that, that uh, you would say, well, hop in the car and drive, and we don't know if you really can or not. It's not safe for anybody. Well, let's take a break, and uh, then we'll uh, we'll finish out the hour with Mayor Lang here on South Coast Tonight. 1420. Welcome to South Coast Tonight. Um, Chris McCarthy. Of course, Marcus Ferrer, as always, is here. And we have Mayor Scott Lang with us, who's coming tonight to tell us his opinions on the upcoming Tuesday primary here in New Bedford and all over the region. Scott, you've made a suggestions of people who they ought to vote for in the Democrat primary. I have, in the Democratic Party. Right. And I've also said, you, you go out and vote. You vote for whoever you believe in. Just hopefully you'll just take my point of view. Uh, but the partic- but, but the particular candidates you believe in are Mayor Kim Driscoll for Lieutenant Governor, Shannon Lisbon for Attorney General, Bill Strauss for the ni- uh, the tenth Bristol District, right. um, and Chris Markey for the ninth Bristol District. That's that's correct, and those are all contested races. They're interesting races. Mm-hmm. People go out, make up their own mind, but those are the people that I'm voting for because I know them and worked with them and believe in them and think they'll do a good job for our area. And, and I, I, if, if in fact, someone has another opinion, completely respect it, but go vote. You got to vote. That's the key. Let's look at all those number of votes that we turn out. That'll draw the attention of every candidate that ever runs. They'll sit there and say, I need to pay attention to this area. 
Thank you so much for coming in, Scott. We'll have you get back in again. We didn't have time to get to the funnies. That, oh, yeah, you got to bring in the funnies we'll, next time. We'll bring you in to have you do the I'd funnies again. I'd be happy to do that. And, and as the first guest, is there some sort of a plaque or something <laughs> that I get? Or, There's a coffee I, mug. Co- I'd love to have that. And I, I, I just want to tell you guys, okay, BSM at night is the alternative for the news in this area. We don't have the news anymore. We have right. no more newspaper. The idea that you guys every night are asking people to call in like people did tonight and say, uh, whoever it might be, uh, Miss Boswell, whoever it was, you know, these people who call in, have them get their say. Big Al, have them have their say. It expands the dialogue, the communication. It builds a healthy democracy, so it's a great thing. And I'm very happy you guys are doing it. Oh, give a plug for the law firm. Oh, so I, I practice a lot, Langex and Forrest and Bullard. We've been doing this. I've been doing it since 1978, New Bedford. Firm's been around since 83. Any any problem that you or your family would have or business has, if we can help you out, we'd love to do that. Thanks very much, Chris. Mayor Scott Lang, thank you for joining us. Uh, thank you, uh, everybody who uh, tuned in and called in this evening. Thank you to the Jesse Brown and Dan Sullivan. Uh, we've got Cameron Costa coming up this week. We've got Rick Trapillo who wants to come in and talk about a few things. Uh, we've got uh, someone from uh, Transportation from Massachusetts to talk about the MBTA ballot question. We have Chris Markey coming in on Monday. Uh, Cameron Costa on Friday. I don't know if I mentioned that, but um, a lot of a lot going on, a lot of action up to the September 6th primary. And remember, we're going to be in here on September uh, 6th for primary day. We're also going to be in on Labor Day the evening before. We could have taken that off. Everybody else is, but we decided not to because it's way too important. So we'll see you guys. Uh, we'll see you guys tomorrow. Thanks again for tuning in.